Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Merriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message. with us through one of those connect cards or through our app, all right? Uh, but before we get going this morning, there's a couple things that I want to share with you. Uh, the first thing is this. Uh, again, this past week, we had a lot going on and a lot of different things happening, uh, but we also, I want to kind of point some folks out to you, all right? So these four gentlemen right here on this third pew, uh, they came from Arkansas all the way up here to be on hands and knees for two days laying the carpet that is beneath your feet, all right? And so if you want to give them a round of applause... And, and each one of these guys holds a special place with me and with my heart. So they're from the church that we left in Arkansas to come to Kansas City to plant the church. And so they have all been right there by our side. Uh, a couple of them we've even tried to get to move here, uh, but it didn't happen yet. Notice I said yet, fellas? No. Uh, but uh, they were willing to give up a couple days of their week and come and again be on hands and feet. And man, they uh, knocked this out this week. And I can tell you it was not easy. So thank you guys for that. And thank you so much. Also, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, a why, okay? I think it's important to know a why behind things that happen. Like something happened, why? Right? So why the heck did we tear out some walls? Well, here's why we tore out some walls, okay? Uh, you might remember last week I shared with you that one of our vision statements is that every person that comes to New City is known and feels like they are known, right? And so one of the ways that we build that and grow that is through community. And one of the places that we have community is in our lobby. And we didn't really feel like our lobby space was just big enough to do that. And so we actually took some of those walls out for that, Right? For the purpose of building community and allowing you a space to do so. And so in that, man, we're excited about what we have planned in there. We're going to have some seating and different things for you just to sit before the service. All right? Not during the service. But before the service. All right? And after the service as a place for you to be, uh, again, meeting folks, getting to know folks. All right? So we're super excited about more changes that are coming in the weeks ahead. Also, a change that you probably didn't see is that we have a brand new roof on our education wing. So the flat part that goes out, they've come in and put that in, right? And so lots has been happening this past week, okay? And I want you to know that we're just excited to continue to move forward, all right? And continue to just freshen this place up, but also freshen this place up with new faces. And man, it's been awesome to see so many of you inviting folks and excited to be a part of this and excited with it as we build on kind of this legacy that has been laid here for us, right? Many years this church has already been here, and we're just forwarding that for them and with the kingdom mindset, all right? Sound good? Yeah? Do you mind if I pray for us before we jump into our word this morning? All right, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for today. And Lord, we thank you for that wonderful worship and just that time remembering who you are and what you mean to us in our lives. And Lord, we are so thankful for the way that you work in our lives. And not only in our lives, but just 
in the world in general. Lord, your hand is on each and every situation. And may we just rest in that in a time of just uncertainty, in a time where there are so many polarizing opposites right now in this world. Lord, you are a steady constant right there in the middle. And so we thank you for that. And Lord, may we uh, just stand in that and, and just praise you for who you are in your steadiness, in your faithfulness as the mighty God that we serve. And so we thank you for that. And we love you and we praise you. In these next few moments, may your words speak to us and speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to lead this time. And we just look forward to it in your son's name. Amen. All right, one last thing I forgot, okay, is in the coming weeks, we have several new guests and several new folks. If you want to learn more about New City, all right, we have an event coming up called City Walk. And so you can sign up at newcitychurch.com slash citywalk. And the idea behind it is we're going to serve you lunch, okay, and then we're going to tell you a little bit more about New City. We're going to tell you the kind of the history of New City, all four of our campuses and how God has moved in that way, uh, and even five and maybe even six and the things that he's doing there, okay? And then we'll also tell you a little bit about our heart behind the things that we do. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that if you want to learn more about New City, all right? If you're sitting there and you're like, okay, we've been hanging out a couple weeks, we need to know a little more, but also how do you get connected, right? And this is a great way for you to know those things and some of the things that are coming up in the weeks ahead, okay? So there you go. All right, now if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, okay? Uh, if you have your device or whatever, if you don't, that's okay. It's going to be up on the screen for you as well. But these past three weeks, we've been walking through a series called Perspectives. And the idea behind this series, okay, is that we're looking at this account in Mark chapter 5 from three different perspectives, all right? Three different characters that are in the story and how this story really kind of applies or happens in their life. And how that kind of plays out for them in the context of this story, okay? And so in that, we've looked at a couple different people. First, we looked at a synagogue leader by the name of Jairus. Now, Jairus' daughter is basically, as he says in the scriptures, on death's doorstep, all right? She's about to pass away. And so he comes to Jesus as kind of a last hope and says, can you come to my house and heal her? And so Jesus agrees. And he says, sure. I'll do that. And so he comes, or he's on his way to Jairus' house. As he's on his way to Jairus' house, a lady in the midst of this huge crowd grabs his robe, Jesus' robe. And Jesus realizes that power has come out of him and someone has been healed. And so in this kind of interesting exchange, he stops and he says, who touched me? Right? And his disciples, who are the kind of the third character in all of this, turn and go, yeah, somebody touched you, like you're in a big crowd, you think? Right? And we looked at, in the past two weeks, we looked at Jairus' story, and then we looked at the disciples. But today, we're going to kind of break down and look at this story from the context of this lady, this woman who has been bleeding for the past 12 years. 12 years she's been suffering, and 12 years she hasn't found a cure, okay? And so we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. Verse 24 is really where we're going to start this morning, all right? And we're going to jump right in, and here we go. So Jesus went with him, him being Jairus. He had, again, agreed to go, okay? So he goes with him. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. And a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. And she had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. 
Having heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his robe. For she said, if I can just touch his robes, I will be made well. And instantly her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was cured of her affliction. At once Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my robes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, Who touched me? So he was looking around to see who had done this. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came with fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. Now, here's the thing. As we go through this story, there's really two people in desperate need, right? There's Jairus and his daughter. Like, he is in desperate need for that. But here's the thing about Jairus, okay? Jairus was a synagogue leader. So Jairus would have been highly respected. He would have been a man of authority in the community. People would have come to him for help. They would have come to him for wisdom. They would have come to him for information, okay? And then you have this other woman. For 12 years, she's been bleeding. We might hear that and go, man, that's unfortunate. Like, yeah, 12 years of bleeding, that's hard. But here's the thing. From an Old Testament standpoint, all right, the Old Testament law, which they would follow in biblical times, right, she's considered unclean. She's considered an outcast. And even those that she comes in contact with would be considered outcasts. Think of it as the COVID of the day, right? Like, oh, you got COVID, you stay over there, right? But here's the thing. She's considered unclean. Leviticus 15 kind of gives us uh, kind of a rundown of that. And basically, in short, it says this. It says, the woman will be considered unclean as long as she bleeds. And anyone who touches or comes in contact with her will be considered unclean as well. You see? So not only does she have, yes, this pain and this hurt, but she also has this kind of, hey, you stay over there. Like she is an outcast. And so we have kind of both ends of the spectrum in our two characters of this story. We have highly respected and outcast. Right? We have a holy and clean man, and then we have a bleeding and unclean woman. Like, we have both ends of the spectrum there. But here's the thing. Their need for help leveled the playing field. And ultimately, their need for Jesus leveled the playing field. Man, and that's what happens in each of our lives. Look here. We have all different kinds of hurts, all different kinds of needs. But here's the thing. Your need for Jesus levels the playing field for each and every one of us. That's what he does and who he is. But both of them are at the point of desperation. They're both at a place of desperation. Look at verse 26, all right? We see there that she had endured much under many doctors, and she had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Now, here's the thing. She wants to be considered normal, right? It's not like she hadn't tried to fix it. Like, she has gone to the expense of using everything she has to get this fixed. And she can't. She continues, continues, and she can't. In fact, it makes her worse, right? And it just hasn't worked. She needs something, right? And she's tried everything. And then she hears about this man. This man by the name of Jesus, of Nazareth, right? Verse 27, what does it say? It says, having heard 
about Jesus. Now, I think this is an important place for us to stop for just a moment, okay? Because here's the thing. I want to speak to our followers of Jesus for just a moment, okay? Because this is a great example of how people can hear of Jesus, right? She hears of Jesus. But here's the thing. Look, this is a great picture of how no one will ever know if we never speak of him. They'll never know. And how he's working in your life, right? She doesn't have some excuse me. She doesn't have some vision. She doesn't have some dream that says, hey, go meet this man. What happens? She hears about somebody speaking of Jesus. And the thing that Jesus is doing, and the thing that Jesus is doing is exactly what she needs. And she says, I'm gonna go find this guy. I'm gonna do everything that I can to find this guy. Right? Because I need healing. And he can bring healing. That's what she's heard. But here's the thing. Look, fill that sentence in with any other word. Maybe it's for you and your testimony of how you came to know Jesus, right? Like, he needed joy, and he heard about Jesus. She needed to really experience true love, and she heard about Jesus' love, right? He needed restoration, and he heard about Jesus. She needed freedom from addiction, and she heard about Jesus. He needed some chains broken in his life, and he heard about Jesus. What's the key component in all of that? That they heard about Jesus. And here she hears about this fellow by the name of Jesus. And he's doing exactly what she needs. She needs healing, right? She needs healing. Romans 10 reminds us of this. Look. In verse 14, it says, but how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Now you go, whoa, wait, without a preacher, Ray, that's on you. You're the preacher. No, no. You want to know another word for preacher? Danny, another word for preacher is proclaimer, right? Proclaimer. And so guess what? Each and every one of us in this room can be a proclaimer of Jesus and who he is. You can be a proclaimer of Jesus and what he's done in your life. It allows you an opportunity then to play a part in the story of what Jesus is doing in the lives of others. But it didn't happen until she heard about Jesus. Now here's the other thing is this. Look here. I'm going to ask you today as a follower of Jesus to proclaim, right? Proclaim the name of Jesus because you may not see or know what the people around you need right now. Or what they need to hear. But here's the cool part. Is that we're in a place right now. Where we do know. Some of the things that people need. Right? People need something constant. People need love. People need trust. Where can those be found? They can be found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone. Now. She hears it. And then she moves on. Right? I've heard about this Jesus fellow. I'm going to go find him. And so what does she do? She goes and she finds him. She takes a step and heads out to find him. Now, here's the thing. Kind of a point for you this morning is this. Our desire for something will often drive us to do anything for that something. Like we see that in the life of Jairus. Jairus is willing to give up everything to come to Jesus and ask him to come heal his daughter, right? We see that here for her. She is willing to step out of her house as an unclean woman and risk making everybody else unclean to make it to this Jesus. Now, I remember when I was 16, I had a bright white 1986 Jeep Cherokee. 
And man, I wanted to put tires on that thing. Nice big tires like the mud machine that I thought it was, right? And so what I did is I worked all summer long to get enough money to buy those tires, right? Like you'll do anything to get something that you desire. And then it was, it, I'll be honest, it was fulfilling to walk into that tire shop and to buy those tires that were really too big for the Jeep. But anyway, it was so great to walk in and buy those tires. And to put them on there and go, wow, look at what I did. Look what I worked for. But here's the thing. Look again. We often will do anything for that something, right? Like you need a degree for that job promotion. Guess what? You go back to school while you're working on a job and caring for your family. You need to lose weight. What do you do? You head to the gym and you start eating better. You want to go on vacation? You might pick up a side hustle to pick up a little extra cash, right? You do whatever needs to be done to get it accomplished. And that's what she's doing here. She is stepping out of her isolated home to get there then to Jesus. And ultimately, she has nothing to lose. What's the worst case? She continues on. Right? She continues on. But no, she says, I believe he can heal me. And that's our next part. Verse 28. For if I can just touch his lobes, I will be healed. Now, I think this is the most important part of this story. Because here's what happens. Yes, she needed Jesus. Like, we firmly established that, right? And she's heard about Jesus and his healing ability. But here's where it really comes into play. More importantly, she believes that he could fulfill it. Like, she's not coming going, oh, I hope so. She believes he can do it. She's trusting that Jesus can do it. And again, so much so that she steps out of her isolated home and she heads that way to him. And she's saying in her mind, if I will be made well, all I need to do, what do I need to do? I just need to touch his robe. That's all I've got to do. I don't even need to talk to him. All I've got to do is touch his robes and he's going to heal me. He's going to do it. But look here. Where does her belief come from? Because she hadn't met Jesus. Right? She hasn't encountered Jesus yet, but she has this trust and she has this belief. Where does it come from? It comes from what she has heard of Jesus. Right? That's what makes her step out and go. And I want you to kind of think back. Like, where did your belief in Jesus start? Well, it probably started with what you heard of Jesus. And then you believed, and then you encounter Jesus, and you see that he does exactly what he'll say he does. Or what he's going to do. And he fulfills all the claims of his power and might. He basically shows up and he shows off. Right? Like that's what the Lord does. And here, in fact, he shows up without even consciously being aware of what he's doing. Like he heals her and then realizes, wait, something happened. Something happened. And he has this moment. But here's the thing. She believes, right? Then she trusts that if I can make it to him, I will be healed. But here's even where it gets better, right? This is where it begins to really kind of shape up. Because when we come to belief and trust in Jesus, there's a step that Jesus talks about in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Peter and Paul also address it in the New Testament. And here it is. That if we believe with our hearts, but then we confess with our mouths, he is then faithful to forgive us, Right? And so he says, who touched me? It's almost as though he wants a confession of who did I just heal? Somebody come forward because I felt it. 
right? Jesus, I did some work in someone's life. I want them to confess it. He says, who did it? But here's the thing. It's not for him. It's not for him. It's for the crowd. It's for Jairus. It's for the disciples. It's for that woman to see, right? And it's almost as though we get a beautiful picture of the steps to salvation in Jesus Christ. So let me break that down for you. Here it is. You hear of Jesus. You believe in Jesus. You confess Jesus. And then you trust and you believe in him and who he is. That's what's happening right here in her life. In this short moment. She hears of Jesus. She comes to him. Believes he can heal her. And then steps into that. And trusts him with it. Because look what happens next in the account. Verse 30. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my robes? And then his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you and you say, who touched me? Right? Like we talked about that last week. They're kind of like, but duh, somebody touched you. But then he was looking around to see who had done this. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came with fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now, what's the truth here? Well, here's the truth. She heard of Jesus. She believed in that he could do what he said he could do, and then she believed that he was capable. Right? Like she trusted him. Now, here's the thing. Go back, right? Because she was probably fearful of what had happened. Remember, she's unclean. Right? And she has come to Jesus and touched a holy man. So she has ultimately defiled him or made him unclean. So I believe that fear and trembling that she is coming before Jesus is a little bit of reverent awe of who he is, but also this true fear of Jesus. Like, I'm an unclean woman, and I touched his robe. What's going to happen? But then look what happens. He shows his availability, right? He shows his availability, and he also shows a perfect picture of his willingness. His willingness, because think about this for a second. On his way to heal the holy synagogue leader's daughter, he stops for the unclean outcast woman. That's your Jesus. On the way to heal the holy synagogue leader's daughter, he stops for the unclean outcast. He's available for all. And he's willing for all. Again, going back to that level playing field, right? Whether you have a thousand dollars or a million, whether you've grown up in church or today's your first time, like whether you're a pure synagogue leader or you're the known unclean outcast, look, Jesus is available for you. He's, a, he's available. And in his availability, look, he brings restoration. He brings healing. He brings joy. He brings peace. He brings all of those things into your life. Verse 34, here's how he ends. Look what he brings into her life. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. Now, Jesus tells us here and her what healed her, right? It wasn't the physical touch, and it wasn't just some kind of magic, but it was by her faith. Notice that, her faith, right? Back in Mark chapter 2, we saw friends that brought others to faith. But here she owns it. It's hers. This is me. I am the one that touched your robe. She owns it. And then he proclaims the peace of God upon her life. 
and he proclaims a freedom from the affliction that has held her down. But that's the story. And this is the account. Look, and again, a beautiful picture, right? We hear about Jesus. We believe in Jesus. We confess Jesus is Lord. And we confess that we believe and trust in him. And he brings forth the spiritual healing as we trust in him. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're redeemed. You're set free. Sin holds you no more, right? Like just as her bleeding held her down for 12 years of her life. Look here. Sin will hold you down. Right? Sin in our lives does the same exact thing. But through Jesus Christ, we experience this freedom from that sin. But only through Jesus Christ. And Scripture describes it like this. He says you have been washed clean. Right? You've been washed clean. Sin has no more place in your life. And Jesus is ultimately saying to you, and he's saying to me, look, go in peace. And be free. Be free from those sins that hold you down. Just like he did this woman. Now, it would be a great disservice to tell you that and then not tell you what the steps to take next. Like, how do I then move to Jesus? Okay, well, today, look here. You've heard of Jesus. You've heard of him, and you've heard about him and what he is able to do, right? So next for you then would be to trust and believe in him as God and the God that he says he is. And then to confess or to share what you, what you want there from him to come into your life. Now, as we have the same word for preacher as proclaimer, confess is that same word, proclaim, right? Let somebody know about the decision you've made to follow Jesus. Tell somebody, right? Proclaim it. Don't just hold it back, but share it with somebody. And let them know, right? Don't keep it to yourself. So here's the thing this morning. Look here. If you've made that decision, or you're, the Holy Spirit's working in you, and you're like, man, I'm not sure. Like, I've got some questions, different things like that. I would love for you to grab me. You can grab Adam. You can grab somebody next to you. If they're not a follower of Jesus, bring both of you, right? Like, come on. But proclaim it and talk to somebody about the decision that you're making to follow Jesus. Because more importantly, here's the thing. We want to celebrate that with you. We want to walk through that with you. Right? Begin those first steps of following him and letting, letting you know who he is. Now, here's the thing. And maybe somebody needs to hear this today. Jesus cares for you whether you are telling yourself or other people are telling you that you are the unclean outcast. Jesus is available for you. Just as he is for the holy and clean synagogue leaders. Now, here's the other thing. Maybe you're a believer in Jesus today and you proclaim Jesus, but you've never been baptized. And we want to we celebrate with you because here's what baptism is for us, all right? And what we see in Scripture is that it's that proclamation to each and every person around you that this is the decision that I've made. Right? And you say, well, you know, I've followed him long enough and I've never been baptized, so I don't know that I need to be baptized. Like, I'm good with Jesus. But here's the thing. Like, that was a step of obedience that in the New Testament we see multiple people are asked to take as soon as they follow Jesus. And so maybe this is a moment of obedience for you, of submission to the Lord and saying, all right, I feel like this is something that maybe I need to do. Right? Maybe I need to do it. And so if that's you, I would encourage you to grab one of those Connect cards after the service and mark, I'm ready to be baptized. Right? And I'd love to sit down with you and talk through that. 
and what that looks like and what that means. And then for some of us in the room, we're followers of Jesus, right? We're followers of Jesus, and maybe we've even been baptized, and we're like, all right, what's next? Right? Well, I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you then to be that proclaimer. Right? Be the proclaimer of Jesus and who he is, because here's the thing with that, is again, you may never know what the people around you need to hear of Jesus do in your life. And it may be exactly what they need to hear in exactly the right Right? Now here's the thing. As we move into this, here's kind of how I want to close this morning. The band's going to come back up, okay? But I want you to rest in this in the next few minutes. That Jesus is ultimately saying to us today, as we step into this week, go in peace and be free. Right? Go in peace and be free. Now that doesn't mean that nothing bad's going to happen this week. Right? It doesn't mean that everything's going to be peachy and perfect. But what it means is that you have and know that you have a freedom in Christ as you step through this week. Right? You have this freedom in Him and who He is. And in these next few minutes, we're going to ask you to just kind of celebrate that, alright? And if you feel like the Lord is stirring in your heart right now, and you need somebody to talk to or you need somebody to pray with even, I'm going to be in the back of the room. There will be a couple ladies there for you ladies if you don't feel comfortable coming to me. All right? You can come back there and talk to us through that. But again, in these next few minutes, we just want to celebrate. All right? We just want to uh, worship as best we know how, if you will. And what God has done for you and what Jesus has done for you. Because he was willing to go to a cross and give up his life. Right? And I think that's something worth celebrating. And I think that's something worth worshiping today. Let me pray for you, and we'll continue on. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we are so thankful for your willingness. We are so thankful for your availability. And Lord, this morning, there may be someone that chains are just holding them down. And I by no means mean physical chains. But Lord, spiritual chains of thoughts that run through their head that they're not good enough. Lord, that they've done too much in their life already that you would never forgive them. In these next few minutes, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will remove those lies. Because that's all they are. We may not be good enough, but you are more than enough. And may we rest in that. Lord, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you were willing, in your willingness, to go to the cross. To lay down your life for us so that we then may have life as well. And we may have no more sin. Father, we just give these next few minutes to you as we celebrate. And Lord, as we step into a time with you, just to bring our praises before you, we give this time to you and we thank you so much. We love you and the mighty God that you are. In your son's name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today and thank you for supporting New City Church's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a great day.